0: News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan.
1: Greetings. Welcome aboard WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe's directly across from me. Buenos dias. Right. Deus. He's a curmudgeon. But fortunately, as time goes on, He's has uh, uh, let's see. He's losing his faculty, so he's less angry at, at more things. So that's probably a good way to. I'm quite think angry about, at you most uh, of the time. Uh, I, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Even that's slightly lessened. So, so we appreciate nah, him really. coming in. Not really. All right, and Only I'm, kidding. I'm Mark Lawrence, subpar host of the show. I portray a liberal on the show, and we have a great guest here, State Representative Linda Schlegel Culver, 108th District, is in the majority in Harrisburg right or, now. Or are you?
2: <laughs> At the moment, we think we are.
1: <laughs> well, I think you actually are. I understand yeah. what Dems want to do, and I understand why they're doing it. But it's just, I don't know. I count heads in a room. People who raise
3: their hand, they get counted. People who don't are on the other Unfortunately, side. Unfortunately, the dead don't usually vote. So the fact that one of their one <laughs> well, of their representatives exactly passed away, it's sad. But that you can't claim him as a, somebody. They don't base how many people you won the election. They base how many actually show up to serve, don't they? Right. Get sworn in. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, the amount of people that get sworn in. Yeah,
1: right. that's true. Okay. All right, so we can chit-chat about that. That's actually not the main reason we brought her here. She notified us a couple of weeks ago uh, that the Caring for Kids program up at the Shikonomi School District was uh, relying primarily on uh, cash donations these days to be sustained. And, of course, as always the case up there. The teachers step up, the district helps out, and the Shikolami Braves Foundation is doing some work today. Uh, and it, uh, I wouldn't say it's unsustainable, but it's precarious is the word I would use. I'll let her explain it in better terms. So, you called us a few weeks ago. Maybe give us some background. What set us up to be asking the public to start to monitor this?
2: So, the Backpack Program um, had a stream of funding and they had a stream of donations. And, you know, just the way, you know, corporate America has been changing and how they're able to give donations, they lost um, one of the major donors, which provided actually the meals for the children. Um, So, the cost has soared up to about $4,000 per month to provide a child with uh, breakfast and lunch, Saturday and Sunday with a hearty snack um, for later in the day. How many children does that accommodate? You said a Approximately child? Approximately 250, 250 children a month. Um, and the Backpack Program you know encompasses children from kindergarten through a senior in high school. And it's important that children are eating, that they're getting their nutrition uh, through the weekends. And uh, the Backpack Program had enough to get them through November, um, they could have gotten some through December, but it would have not been the amount of food that they felt the child needed for um, the weekend to get through the weekend. So we had some really generous uh, community partners step up: um, Wise Markets, um, Sunbury Motors, uh, and Service First Federal Credit Union. Um, so we are able to get ourselves now through um, most of January, um, and we're looking, you know, for grant programs which. They they had not previously applied for, um, so we're trying to find you know different grant programs, maybe some things through the federal government like the USDA. So we're checking all that out now. But the immediate need is that we can get through till we can get through their grant process, their grant rounds, um, you know. And it's the holidays are coming, and we just want to make sure you know these children are fed, they feel safe and secure um, through the month of December. And um, you know, when they brought the need to me, you know, it's quite alarming because you're thinking, how do we make sure these children? have what they need quickly. Um, and just through running into people or just making some, a few quick calls, uh, people have generously stepped up and since you know you guys have been putting this on uh, the radio and I've heard it all over, and uh, the newspapers stepping up and um, they are getting other donations from other groups and other individuals. Uh, so I think we'll get them through to so we can get some more permanent funding stream. Is this
3: similar to Meals for Seals? Yeah, very
2: similar. Okay, so you, these programs, are they
3: needed all across the state? I mean, is this just a local thing, or are these types of programs uh, catching on other places? Yeah, too?
2: I think they're catching on probably across the nation, if I had to guess. Um, I mean, more concerning okay. is, you know, as a lawmaker, I think, okay, so why do we have to have the back program? Why aren't these children, why aren't their basic needs right. being met, and is there a bigger issue that we need to be addressing? Um, What's the answer? I don't know the answer to that yet, so we're going to have to do a little more research as to, you know, why was the need created? Is there is there no employment? Is there a Barrier to getting, you know, to work—is uh, it a job training issue? Uh, what is the issue? I think we need to get to the, the bigger issue at large.
1: And who's coordinating all this at Shikalemi? Shikalemi uh, didn't have the money in the budget, so we know that much is true. Right. So. The school,
2: actually, taxpayer money, uh, nor the school, fund the program. Uh, the Brave Foundation has stepped up. Um, but, again, they, they work on donations and, you know, fundraisers. So um, we're really asking, you know, the community to just step up, help us through this process, um, and make sure these children, you know, just get fed and they're healthy and they're happy through the holidays.
1: And who's doing the coordination now? I spoke to, what is it, Jolene yeah, Dressler? Jolene Dressler, yep. Um, so she's doing the work on this in addition to just taking good care of the kids otherwise. She is, yeah. Okay. She's the
2: coordinator of it.
1: Now, folks say, well, this is the kind of thing I like to get behind. Uh, donations, tax deductible yet? Do we have a 501c3 that's, uh, this is under the umbrella yet? I don't have the
2: answer to that,
1: but okay. I would make the assumption well, they are. A community clinic has an involvement, but whether it's financial involvement, I don't right. know. So, Because they're a 501c3. So,
2: well, checks can be payable to Caring for Kids. They can be payable to the Braves Foundation. And they can be payable to a community clinic.
1: Okay. Oh, either way. Okay. So yes. maybe that umbrella applies. In any event, checks can be sent to those locations or the district office with you have to put in the check memo that it's for Caring for Kids. Right. Or
2: they said this morning that it can go to Chief Shikalimi, um which is 338 Memorial Drive in Sunbury, Pennsylvania, 17801.
1: Who knew their Just street address? Just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> Down by the swimming pool. Okay, so they're caring for kids. And honestly, uh, when you you had said that they need about four thousand dollars a month, to me, four grand a month in the Central Susquehanna Valley donated to help kids. Piece of cake, right? You right. know, I mean,
3: that's this is what we do in the Central Susquehanna Valley is help our kids. Well, what about funds like the, the Here for Good Fund? I mean, are they uh, c- contributing only to the United or to the uh, Salvation Army, or is this fund set up specifically to look for needs in the community and then address them? Well, Here for Good is the Salvation Army's program that uh, they uh,
1: they give out more than they take in. So all the Here for Good, even though it's matched and uh, is taken care of uh, by the community and businesses and, you know, all the donors. It still doesn't cover all of Salvation Army's expenses. So, I mean, you could technically say that it operates in the red, but Salvation Army shares and gives. That's what they do, too. I guess what I was
3: looking at, Linda said they were going to try and find uh, foundations or grants or things like that. Are there other local funds that might contribute to this? I mean, you know, or, or are they set up for some specific purpose that this doesn't fall under?
2: So I would think that they would fall under a lot of the community, um, Foundations, and that's what we're looking at now. Unfortunately, they did miss a few of the rounds, which were held this fall. Oh, okay. Um, so that's the issue we're facing. It's a timing issue as well. So we're just trying to figure out what can we get. You know, right now we're just trying to put it together for a few months and then start having them more permanently applied to different funds.
1: And some of the foundations around here require you to already have a, your own fundraising infrastructure in place. That you know they'll supplement you and you know give you gifts or help you meet. Deadlines and that kind of thing, but you already have to be set up and you know taking money in, so that would do this. And uh, have you seen the future a little bit into January and February? Does it look like there's still enough interim donors that we're going to be okay in the early months?
2: So we need to finish January, we're almost there with January. I think we're a little over halfway there, and I think if we could get through February, March, my comfort level would come up with this. Um, and I know the Valley is very generous, I just make I think they need to to know that there is a need.
3: I think if you could define that need in, in greater terms, I mean, you know, you said, what, 300 or 400 kids it serves? Over 250. Or 250 kids. Okay. So is that the tip of the iceberg or is that the total? You know, are there some people who won't, won't apply or don't apply or don't know about the program?
2: Yeah. yeah I think what they try to do is... Um, Identify the children they see that may have a need. I think the teachers are very involved with that. You know, the school nurse, which Jolene Dressler is a school nurse. Um, And then I think they ask the children. The children can also say, um, I'm in need of of some food or my friend gets this. And it's probably by word of mouth more in the school than anything.
1: Yeah, I would have to think so. They wouldn't have access to the free lunch and free breakfast data. That would be private that, you know, the school would hold on to. But uh, you certainly they do see who is at the breakfast. And sometimes that might be a clue. But I think if they just implore, uh, you know, send notes home with all the kids, implore them, get involved. If this would help your family in some way, that may be how they're doing. We have, I have threatened Jolene that I'm going to interview her next month. <laughs> <laughs> so
4: <laughs>
1: she's, she's one of those good lay people in your community that loves to do what they do she so is. well. But, you know, getting, she's on, amazing. The ra- getting on the radio wasn't, wasn't first choice. No, well, good luck with this. Well, I, hope, I hope it takes off. Thank all you. Right. Yeah. So we'll keep in. If you want to help out, send checks to either Chief Schick Ele- Elementary School uh, on Memorial Drive or the district office, which is on Island Park Boulevard. Uh, make sure you put a check in there that says caring for kids so that they know that uh, that's what it's for. Schick Braves Foundation on their Facebook page has the link for
3: online donations if you want to do that. Yes. Right. And if you live in another school district, you might check with your local district to see whether they have a similar program also in need. Yeah, this prompted Matt Catrillo to make some calls, so he's
1: working on a story there. Looks at the Mustangs and the Seals and some of the other uh, kids Around okay. here as well. Well, not only do we have our state representative for the 108th district here, although you're getting shifted through redistricting to another area, uh, she is also happens to be one of the announced candidates, a Republican for the 27th district state senate seat, being vacated by John Gordner. So we mentioned well, she is the Republican nominee, right? And uh, so let's ask you about this. First of all, John Gordner's legacy—hard to encapsulate that so much selfless service over the years. Just, uh, d- just. Just a, a thought or two about that?
2: I mean, John has been extremely involved. You wouldn't realize his district was as large as it was because he was around so much. Um, and I think people forget he represents about 260,000 people as compared to the 65,000 that I represent at this point. Um, I think he was extremely accessible, he was extremely responsive. And if you want to talk about a negotiator, a deal maker, a problem solver, he was your person. Um, he was fantastic at looking at a problem, taking, you know, stepping away and figuring out how, how do we resolve this? You know, what's the best method into in getting them to where they need to be? And um, he was really good at that. He was a great mentor, obviously a great friend, and um, he never took credit for things by himself. He always included all the legislators in the Valley or the elected officials or whatever it was, because I truly believe he thought it was a team effort.
3: Yeah, he was a hard worker, no doubt about that. So you'll have a fairly large pair of shoes to fill if you are a. <laughs> Elected, and right. given the Republican proclivities of the area, it doesn't seem unlikely that you'll be our next state senator. So, what would you like to do as a, a state senator that you don't think you can do as a House
2: member? So, um, I mean, at this point, this was so fast for me. Um, I'm, I was try- trying to take it in silos. It is a special election. They're much different if you think people aren't thinking about voting on January 31st. Um, yeah. I would have to say the weather probably is not going to cooperate as it, you know, we're looking at weather tomorrow. So this is a little different. You can't really predict a special election as you normally could, um, a regular election, because we don't know who's coming out to vote. Um, as you know, uh, mail-in ballots would be fast and furious at this point, and I would assume a lot of people would want to take advantage of that just because of you know the uncertainty with the weather at that time of year. Um, so going to the Senate, um, I, I mean, I have some bills I still need to finish um, from this current session, and, you know, I'm going as I mean to. Be Right now, the information I have right now is I'm I'm a a House member, and I'm reintroducing everything over there. And um, one of the things I would like to tackle that I have not had time for uh, in the House, because I was finishing up some legislation, is when somebody's in need of a, a kidney donor or maybe a liver donor or any of those things, it's sometimes there are barriers for the donor. Um, they have to miss work. Uh, it's not just when they, they donate. It's, there's tons of testing that needs done prior to uh, anybody making any kind of donation. And, you know, what they told me at Johns Hopkins was you, a kidney donor is probably one of the healthiest people in this world. Because we do not let them do this unless we know Hmm. they are extremely healthy and they screen for so many different things. And just when, you know, the donor thinks they're done testing, there's more testing Hmm. because they want to make sure they're not impacting, you know, the longevity of their life. They're not impacting their health. So it's hard to get a donor. And, you know, all the pre-testing takes a lot of time off of work. It's six to eight weeks off after somebody donates. Um, Sometimes insurance will hold it against them later on in their life that you, you know, you gave it an organ up and now we may. Not, you know, cover you, or we may not cover you as we would have before. So, um, it's kind of a 3 tier three—I can't even speak this morning. Three-tiered approach as to how we make it easier for people to donate, um, because if you, I mean, there are tons of people waiting um, for, specifically, in my knowledge, is more on kidney donation. Um, and if you've ever been inside of a dialysis center, it's heartbreaking. Um, I only had to do it for uh, six short weeks, and it wasn't even full dialysis this, but um, just being in there, sitting in there, and, and watching people, it's heartbreaking to see that, and to think there is you know, something else we could do. Um, on another note, if you let me digress for a second, um, there is an artificial kidney out there. Um, a, a university in California has been working on it for quite some time, and they've gotten it to trial at this point. Um, the argument is, uh, you know, transplant patient needs a lot of medication, um, you know, so they don't reject the kidney, and um, there's an issue going on. They wouldn't need that at all anymore. They wouldn't need anticoagulation. They wouldn't need steroids. Um, they wouldn't need anti-rejection meds. So there's a cost factor going here, and um, so they're trying it now on patients that are on dialysis, and you wear it like you would wear it like the oxygen pack. Um, but ultimately, they would like to put it in you, and you know they don't know how long it would last. But if it's artificial, um, they could just replace it. Almost like I equate it's like a pacemaker. Hmm. Um, so I know they're 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 getting there, but it would save Medicare um, millions, if not trillions, of dollars every year. And as we know, we could pay off our national debt or put it towards <laughs> paying that off. If never happened,
1: Senator, <laughs> you'll address topics related to this. Get yeah. the word out more. I mean, that would be something you can personally do. And of course, now you've met hundred constituents that relate to this.
2: Right. Um, You know, the best thing you can do to somebody that is in need of some sort of organ donation, whether, you know, be lungs, liver, or kidney, is encourage them and get the word out for them.
1: Okay. Uh, Back just real quick before we take the break. Why do you want to be a state senator instead of a House member? You know, you you know the first names of half
2: of your constituents now. (laughs) So, when redistricting occurred, uh, it was very bittersweet for me. Um, I was losing Snyder County, I was losing the lower end of Northumberland County, and most people probably don't realize you know, when I was on staff and and being a House member, I've been, you know, cultivating those relationships and I know how old old their sewer pipes are, their water pipes are, what roads and bridges need refights. Firefighters. Right, firefighters. Um, So for me, it was very bittersweet. Now, Montour County's been amazing. Uh, What a great fit into the 108th District. And I kept saying, gosh, if I could just keep them all together, this would be so great. Um, And this is the way I can actually do that. Um, I'm getting to know Columbia County, but if anybody knows Columbia Montour County, they do a lot of things together. They're human services, um, sometimes they're emergency responding, firefighting, they're very connected, and I quickly, I used to work for TapLine, which covered that area, I realized they work hand-in-hand most times. It's a shame I couldn't be there for that connection. So, that leads into that connection. And just over these last few weeks, I mean, Luzerne County, uh, what an amazing county. They're welcoming with open arms, and they're very deliberative and great communicators on what they need. Um, And I very much appreciate that. So, um, to me, it kind of brings that whole valley together. Um, I can take the experience that I have, uh, apply it to the Senate, and hopefully do greater good for these communities and bring them together.
1: All right. Well, we appreciate you're saying. So we're going to open up the phones and talk about the majority versus minority and some of the, the busy wrap-up session that you had as we finished the voting in the State House. Uh, is Can you vote any more in the State House? I think you guys can still work on stuff, right?
2: So because the new members started December 1st, uh, the other members are done November 30th. They don't like to unless there's an emergency.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I know there's nothing on the docket. So, all right. We will take a quick break. If you'd like to talk to State House member Linda Schlegel-Culver, call one 800 Actually, if you have a question for her. Right, if you have a question. yeah, no, you, Not a statement, you, you, but a question. You can send a, a comment at, on the mark at but if you've got a quickie question related to an issue in the Valley, 1-800-795-9565. Mm-hmm.
5: When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, Me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane six thirty to six Monday through Friday, Saturday six thirty till two. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai North Fourth Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia Routes eleven and fifteen in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. Mm mm. out of auto repair. <laughs>
3: Back on the mark. I'm Joe McGranahan with Mark Lawrence, and I got a question for you, Linda. You know, obviously, you're moving on. You've had, you you probably will move on to the state senate, and you have certain amount of seniority in the house uh, that we will uh, lose to a new member. What, what would you like to be your your legacy with respect to uh, things you would say to your new, your replacement?
2: Oh my. So, you know, I take this very personal. Um, I've invested a lot of time in the 108th District. I would just hope the person that wants to do this wants to do it because they want to help people, um, that they're tied directly into their constituents. And your best legislation will come uh, from your district that evolves organically from an issue, a problem, or a concern. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't know where to go for help sometimes. And what's most important is that your door is always open and you're always willing to help um, anybody in need. And even if you don't think that their issue is a crisis, it is to them. Yeah.
3: Well, let me ask you this, then. Will there be another special election to fill your seat should you be successful?
2: If I'm successful, there would be another special election, and Mark will love the next statement. Uh, It will depend on who is in the majority as to how fast or slow that is scheduled. What? Um, (laughs) Right. So um, I would think, you know, one party would want to do it as fast as possible, and another one would want to wait till the primary. Yeah.
3: Well, I would think the Democratic Party would not be in any rush to fill this seat because it is a heavily Republican district. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, are you, if you, if you are elected to state senator,
1: you're
2: taking your staff with you. So I've not gotten that far. Um, <laughs> I just got to know though. Right. Just because there's the silos. For me, I had to get through the comforting process first. Now I have to get through this special. Um, I don't know how any of that works at this point. Like you know, with offices, do you, do you run the term of the lease? Because you know, in the house, and the senate, those are questions I've been writing down just so you know we can plan and prepare. And um, of course, I would love to take my staff with me. They're fantastic. Um, they're very people-oriented, problem solvers, and I've been very blessed with them. Uh, if I could take them all, I certainly would. I just don't know what, what becomes of that or what's the lay of the land.
3: Well, and of course, you are a, a, a tenant or the senatorial office is a tenant of Shemokin Burroughs. Right. we love to have you continue in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> they need the money over there. Yeah, we're poor. we're poor.
1: <laughs> all right. One of our listeners has a question. Mark, uh, do you have a question for our state representative in the 108th district?
6: Directly, uh, I live on a uh, much-lame road up from the uh, Wesleyan Church, all the way up to the County Line, and we have a problem here. I've been trying to get it fixed for two years. Uh, the guardrails are caving in, and the water is draining, draining across the road. And they're going to have to put a ditch in on the way up uh, to take care of this problem. But uh, I'd like to have Linda look into it, maybe send someone up. It, uh, it's it's getting worse. I mean, the guardrails are almost uh, horizontal in some spots
2: is this a state road or a township road
6: this is a, ta- this is a state road ok it goes from uh, Wesleyan Church on 54 all the way up to the county line of course you know, the road goes uh, below that but the major problem is above towards uh, Lycoming County
2: can you do me a favor and give me a call at the office before 11 today? I'll leave here and go straight to the office.
6: Okay, I'll yeah, get some I'll,
2: more I'll give you a call
7: you. a half
2: hour. I won't be there in a half hour. I'll still be sitting here. Well, <laughs> give, me, give me till 10. How about that?
6: Okay. Uh, 10 it is. Uh, I your office before, five. and it's... Uh, uh, it's just, uh, I don't know if they have a budgetary problem or what, but right. yeah, I'll talk to you in another 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah, it's Thank 286-5885,
1: 286 uh, The majority, it looks like it will change in the months ahead in the House. You may not be there for it, uh, depending upon how things go, though. But in any event, practically speaking, to lay people, what does the majority, majority, differ, what difference does it make?
2: It, well, it makes a lot of difference. Um, it drives, you know know. the agenda that drives what bills you're moving uh it sets the session calendar um it makes a big difference so if
1: i want to do something uh, i'm a state representative i want to do something for my territory i've got to have the majority of the colleagues to expedite
2: right it would certainly be helpful um to do that so um the argument now is who is in charge And uh, I guess we'll see on swearing in day who actually um, ends up victorious. But numbers wise, at the moment, the Republicans do have the numbers. Um, But we have, you know, somebody had passed away, I think, late October. And we just had two Democrats resign. Um, The makeup of those districts are not favorable towards Republicans. That doesn't mean you can't win them. It just means it's an uphill battle. And I think. By February or by the primary, this should all be settled. Well, was the Speaker of the House elected um,
3: at the pleasure of the House, or yes. is it a specific term?
2: It's uh, They're elected um, on swearing-in day by the majority of the House members. So even if we have the majority, a slim majority, if somebody decides to vote a different way, um, then we don't have
3: it. But let's say you start out with the majority. You have 100 mm-hmm. seats. The Democrats have 98 or whatever it is. And then these special elections are held and the Democrats are now in control. Could they say, I make a motion we get rid of this Republican yes. and put a Democrat in?
2: Yes. <laughs> I've <laughs> okay. asked that question because we're all on uncharted territory right now.
3: All right. Well, to be continued.
2: Thank you so
1: much for your time and the information and the caring for kids work. I know that you have made sure that. that that will never be in the red if uh, State House Member Linda Schlegel-Culver is overseeing this, and Jolene Dressler sort of has the same mission. Thank you so much for all you're doing. Thank you. State House Member Linda Schlegel-Culver happens to be a candidate for state senate in the 27th district. You're listening to WK, okay, Sunbury, 9 a.m.
0: Good morning. I'm News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795- 9565 or email Mark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On The Mark, I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe
1: McGranahan is here. Mr. Mark is on the other side of the glass. We're glad to see him over there. Mr. Mark Stevens, our fabulous announcer, and so he does a super Now he's show. a producer. Alright, so he gets to be a producer. He gets a big bump up in pay. When you go from announcer to producer, it's oh, like it's big, triple, huge, the, triple huge. the salary. Or oh wait, or is it just more trouble with the same... Uh, yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's more trouble t- for the same, <laughs> same... Okay, I'm sorry, I forget. It. I, I know they toggle back and forth. I can't tell which which is which. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15 Wharf. Find out tons and tons and tons more about them at sunburymotors.com They invite you to visit the quick lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury that's where they specialize in all types of services on vehicles. they got a body shop, an alignment shop, a parts department, a big truck shop and a small truck shop and a, everybody else's shop there to fix vehicles. Uh, state inspections, they'll pump you up with nitrogen so your tires last longer and lose less air throughout the year. They're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 AM to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can find them on the web at sunburymotors.com. Check out their online specials. You can build a Ford, Hyundai, or Kia to your precise specifications. You can also click on some of the specials that they have just online. And uh, they're a premier service provider for all makes of vehicles at the Sunbury Motor Company. And they would just love, love, love to uh, super serve you at the Sunbury Motor Company. They are looking for some more staffers, so experienced technicians, entry-level folks, career changers, you name it. Uh, They're looking for you at the Sunbury Motor Company. And they want us to talk about uh, some of their vehicles that they got down there, one of which is the Hyundai Ionic, And this is, uh, you know, just a super small economical vehicle. You would never pay more than $35,000 for one. And guess what the mileage is? 52 miles per gallon. Joe's not a gasoline mileage, but he certainly can appreciate saving money. And so this is a high hybrid vehicle, the Ionic. It's a Hyundai, available at the Sunbury Motor Company. they got a a series of vehicles on display down there, probably one of everything at this point, although I don't see an F-250 that's got Lawrence written all over it. Drove the White Lightning, do as I've done, drive some of the vehicles around there at their behest, and you will be happy you did at the Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is now open. Call us, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at on the Market at WKOK.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Uh, we do have some very brief news headlines here. Then we'll open up the phones. So call us now if the issue of, this, of the day or uh, you're interested in talking about maybe something Linda Schlegel Culver said about the majority versus minority in Harrisburg. I like Brian Cutler's assessment. The best way to de- deem a majority is ask all the people on one side to raise hands. Well, that's what he did. And there, there's more Republicans. So I'm not sure, but Democrats say no. We were, we had the most people elected, even if they're not present or even alive. So uh, to be continued. But maybe another topic. Uh, Joe did not ask about radars. I don't know how he contained himself. Uh, he is losing hope fast. So if you see Joe with his staring down at the ground, that's why, because he's concerned that radar will never make it through the state legislature in Harrisburg. All right. A malfunctioning traffic signal not leading to too many delays and actually making things go smoother. This uh, crash overnight did what I've suggested they should do on routes 11 and 15 all the time. And that's uh, during high volume periods to make it so that uh, there is a blinking yellow for the 11 and 15 traffic, blinking red for the cross traffic and everybody has to turn right. So that is exactly what is happening at uh, the old trail and so Susquehanna Valley drive, uh, Susquehanna Valley Mall Drive Road. Uh, The crash overnight damaged the poles so the lights blinking yellow for 11 and 15 traffic. So, of course, there's no delays there. Uh, So stay tuned for that. There is some work just off the road, so go through there with caution. The Veterans Memorial Bridge gets some work done on it today. Hopefully, they'll fix uh, somebody creamed quite a few delineators lately. (laughs) So um, that is happening on the bridge. Yes, and we do see some slight delays for folks going across the bridge right now on the 501pa.com, so be aware of that. One of the Valley's U.S. congressmen will be visiting our area next week, Congressman G.T. Thompson of Center County, who represents the redrawn 15th Congressional District, will speak at the Susquehanna Valley Conservatives next Tuesday, 7 p.m. The meeting will take place in the conference room of the Best Western Hotel, Route 15 in Lewisburg. Thompson defeated Democrat Mike Molisevich in the November election. The new 15th District includes 18 counties, including Union. Snyder and Northumberland County. Anyone attending is asked to bring a non perishable food item that will be distributed through a local community ministry. The Wolf administration is asking a judge to invalidate a request from voter information for the 2020
8: election. Our correspondent David Payne is following that story. Ever since Joe Biden won Pennsylvania in 2000, Republicans have been claiming some sort of irregularity without providing any evidence. There was even a state senate investigation, which included hiring an outside firm at taxpayer expense and requesting a voter information, which included partial driver's license and social security numbers. The Department of State has rejected that request, and the Wolf administration this week went to court asking that the request be invalidated since the legislative session ended last month. Republican are asking that it be denied. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070 WKOK and
1: WHTM reporting today that outgoing Pennsylvania Speaker of the House Brian Cutler uh, says moving 50 million dollars was standard operating procedure during a changing of the guard in Harrisburg from Democrat uh, from Republican to Democrat majority. Democrats however are saying it was done in secrecy prior to his speakership ending in late November. Representative Cutler ordered the money to be moved out of various accounts and into Republican leader accounts, which he controls. Democrats are alleging that Representative Cutler is trying to hamstring the next Speaker of the House by removing their funding, calling it a looting of the Treasury. Representative Cutler said the money was accumulated by Republicans, and although it is taxpayer money, it is their funding to control. He says, quote, the money that was allocated in the budget, some of it under the direction of the Speaker, some of it under the direction of the majority leader, that was the Republican caucus money. And then the Democrat money is obviously under the Democrats' leader signature. That's the way it's been for the last 12 years. And at the end of the day, we left them with more money than they left us the last time power transitioned, unquote. Democrats in Harrisburg don't agree and say the move was done without notice. And it's taxpayer money that should be spent for taxpayer things, not Republican junk, whatever that is. What's Republican junk? Well, I think they use a lot of it for lawyers so that they can argue with the Democrats more voracious. I got you. Wasted, if you ask me. And finally, Cambridge Dictionary changes the definition of a man and a woman. The update now defines a man as an adult who lives and identifies as a male, (laughs) though he may have been a different sex at birth. Same for a woman. It defines a woman as an adult who lives and identifies as a female, though they may have been a different sex
3: at birth. Are you so happy ma- now we finally got the dictionary to catch up with well, what's really happening? But that's insane. That's not the definition of a man or a woman. Yeah, what is, in your view? A man is a man, a woman's a woman. Okay, well, that's true, they're just saying what defines. But, but that. adding to identify. Well, what about if I identify as a dog or I identify as a kangaroo? Does that make me one? Well, I don't think so. But I think gender—you can't identify yourself as a whole another species, but you certainly can't identify as a male. Well, we're descended, in the US. supposedly, if you believe Charles Darwin. We're descended from the apes. Can I identify as a monkey? Well, I think the goal is to be uh, respectful and uh, maybe contemporary in this, and to
1: recognize that there's individuals that may have been born if female that uh, no, but the, the transition inherent definition
3: become a male because that's what they feel as though they were always born to be. The inherent definition of a man mm-hmm. for years has been what? What was it before they changed it? Well, I think a male, uh, th- this is the word man, not man, okay. male at birth. I mean, you know, if you,
1: nobody's going to argue that certain people are born male at birth and okay. the other people are born female at birth. But
3: what does a male, when does a male become a man? Uh, when they when he works for the postal service when they live and act <laughs> <What>? a mailman <laughs> oh gosh okay they
1: don't call them that now no, anyway. I know they <laughs> don't what are they now uh, letter carriers right there you go so I think they call them mail carriers but in any okay. event M A I L carriers but in any event I, 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 this is a, a a way that the dictionary is catching up with what's actually happening of course you are always uh, you know you disdain these kinds of changes but I think what happens is you have somebody that uh, transitions to a mail lives like a male, acts like a male,
3: does male things. Okay, but then what's the difference between a male and a man? well a man is well a male they have been used interchangeably for centuries well and as long as the english language has been around i think a man is somebody who identifies as a male member of the species All right if i were going to identify you as uh, mm-hmm. by gender and i would say because you have the characteristics of the beard and you know the physical appearance i would say you're a man not you're a male okay so maybe um, you were born a male but you're still a man right uh, this is semantics to me but it's ridiculous okay. to say that, you know, a man is something other than a man and a woman is something other than a woman. Now, if you want to identify as something else and live as something else, that's okay. But that doesn't make you that thing, does it? Well, I think the dictionary says that if you identify as a male and ask, act as a
1: man or identify as a man and act as a man or, or identify as a woman and act like a woman
3: and do woman things, whatever that, whatever that entails, well, maybe it doesn't have anything to do with that. So if I crawl around on the floor and meow and sip milk out of a saucer I'm a cat. but I think uh, well, you know I, I think you can make fun of this if you want I'm not to you say of that. fun of it. I'm not make, trying to make fun of it. I'm trying to give you a, a serious argument that you know you can say there are they have a name for it. what is it transgender, right? right?? So that's the name. If you say trans, if you look up transgender male or transgender female, the definition that you've given would be correct. The second part of it would be correct. So if you run into somebody who has is transgender and has transitioned to a male, and
1: and uh, does not wear any uh, typically female oriented clothing dresses like a male wears mm-hmm. a suit and tie and um, doesn't have a visible chest like women do and um, has short hair and says hi my name is Bob and you're still gonna call them a female even though they present. I might
3: not know the way you describe them I would have no way of knowing that they right. were not the sex they pretend or pretend or identify as whichever you want to Use, whichever word you want to use. So you would, you would call them, if you found out, you I would, would call treat them a them as they ap- I would treat
1: them as they appeared to be. Okay. Well, Wouldn't you? Yes, so that's fine. This is the opportunity for you to uh, <laughs> to do the right thing. What's the right thing? Well, to refer to
3: them as a male. That's how they want to be treated. They want to be called a man, and, and that's why they transition. But I'm saying I, I would have no reason not to consider them a man unless it was a, a, a man with a beard who wore a dress and said, I'm a woman. Now, there I would have an issue. Wouldn't you? Well, in uh, identifying well, what is it really. that ade- what is it that you identify as a woman, but what have you done to physically manifest that I think what we're learning in this society, and I know
1: we've long since exhausted my knowledge of this okay. So am I as well. I'm just trying to to you know to answer your questions. I think, you know, there's no rule that says a woman can have a beard or a man can't shave their legs. I think, you know, if you see a man who or a person who identifies as a female and wears a dress and but has has a beard. You know, I think people just want to live their life as they want to be and they want to be respected for who they really are. They want to be comfortable in their skin and they want to, you know, just try to get through day to day. I think we should help them as much as we can and try to be respectful. You it may be unusual. We did interview one individual in that was on our sunrise show months ago who is transgender, wore a dress and but had a limited amount of facial hair, not a beard per se. But um, was obviously a person who was born male at birth, but was wearing a dress and living as a woman and had changed uh, his name to a female's
3: name. So... My the the it did look ironic to you t- just t- use female case. and woman interchangeably uh, right. you said okay. female not okay. woman well, the I'm definition was woman trying to hack through this as best <laughs> I can but I, I you know this person
1: came in here and said hi my name is Rachel I'm a woman and so that's how I
3: tried to treat her you know as a female even though it was obvious she was transgender and right. probably well was I would accord anyone that respect if I ask you your name and you say my name is Mabel I would call you Mabel there you go that's what I did.
1: Uh, well, Right. Fine. Well, then I think you're I think you're on the same page when you're actually dealing with a person, but it's the definitions that uh, can make it harder. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Want to talk about this? Had some good topics with Linda Schlegel Culver. She uh, fortunately brought some good news to the studio that I didn't know, and that December funding is in place for the Caring for Kids program at Chicagom. But that uh, uh, only halfway through January, and then they're going to try to see if they can get grants and other helps and donations to kick in. So uh, two. Be continued. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at ontheMarketWKOK.com. Oh, Joseph's on the line. He's got another opportunity to call people queers and sodomites and so on. So we'll give him his mic. And then Stan is always angry. He's ready to go. So, oh, boy. It's me versus the world. Good morning, everybody. Hmm.
5: Mm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I...
1: All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark Cambridge Dictionary, changing the definition of a man and a woman to a man is an adult who lives and identifies as a male, period. End of story. All right, Joseph, what's your view on this?
7: Why do you say such things about me like that, Mark?
1: (laughs) Only because they're true. (laughs) Uh,
7: I got a call the other day after I spoke. In fact, it was my firstborn son. And he said, Dad, he said... "Uh, you know, you call them queers and sodomites. He says you shouldn't do that because people that would believe what you're saying, that they are, get offended at that even. You know what I mean? And, uh, well, I want to ask one question first. LBJQ, what does a Q stand for? Queer. Huh?
3: queer. Uh Queer. Okay.
1: be It depends. Then what's
7: wrong with that?
3: Could be questioning. Oh, I, I guess mean? it could be. Yeah, I guess yeah. it could be. I always heard it described as Queer. I,
7: yeah, and I right. think that's I typical.
3: But Questioning is also sometimes yeah, used. Right. Then it should be no,
7: LGBTQQ. When Webster or anybody goes around and redefines something as another thing because it's popular and it goes against the scriptures that's totally wrong because we only have one authority on this and joe you were bringing out the, the truth about it you know what i mean and mark you were disagreeing with him well we we don't want to offend them or anything like that i do not respect a bank robber a murderer a, a, a child molester a rapist they are all sins uh mortal sins and so is homosexuality. Well, I think the, the term... It is a biblical sin according to the Bible. I think the so term queer... So do not queer. respect people like that. And people that want to change what they are, they're created a man, they come out of the womb, a man-child. Uh, the scripture says a man-child is born, or a girl, a woman. Uh, that's what they are. That's what the Heavenly Father created them to be. Now, they may not want to be that, but that doesn't change the matter of the fact That that is what they are. But today we live in a world that everything is upside down. Right is wrong and wrong is right and good is bad and bad is wonderful. And that's, that's just the way it is. And, and once you start changing the goal, the, the moving the, the landmarks, you're in big trouble. And there's no nation that survived that can do away with the laws of the Almighty and insert things of their own in place and make it legal. In fact, like same-sex marriage, they made it legal. It's a law. Now, you have to honor that. I do not honor that. I cannot honor that as a member of the kingdom of uh, heaven.
3: All right, we got you. But now you you have said it's a mortal sin. I thought the only mortal sins were the violations of the Ten Commandments. That's the... okay. But there's no Tenth (laughs) Commandment. There's no commandment that says thou shalt not live as a woman or identify as a man or...
7: It doesn't have to say that specifically in the commandment. I thought you uh, told me the whole Bible the way, has to say
1: everything they, specifically. They don't keep the Ten
7: Commandments anyway. <laughs> well, the Catholic Church changed the Fourth Commandment. They changed that to the first day of the week in the Council of Laodicea in 365. The Fourth no. Commandment is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. No, no, the Pope said the first day of the week is the Sabbath. And so the whole world follows that. So you're breaking the commandment right there. If that's a mortal sin, then it is. <laughs> right, as well man. as committing adultery, um, murder, right. dishonoring your parents. And there. There it is right there. You should honor, honor your father and mother. You're not honoring your father and mother. They bore you to be a man or a woman. And now you're changing it? No, that came no, out of your that. mother's room. You came out of your mother's room, a man child. I think you're making now an you assumption. Want to change that? That's not honoring your father and mother. So right. you're breaking the fifth commandment.
1: I think you're making an assumption not in evidence. There certainly are many parents who support their transgender children. I know I know some of them. So they're 100% in support of uh, making sure that their son or daughter is is doing you know, what they uh, what they wish to do and what they can do today in our society. As for the well, term it's queer, it's even I'm speaking, Joseph, so take your turn. Don't interrupt me. I think the term queer, one of our listeners kind of texted it to me and said, when individuals who are uh, transgender or questioning or so on use the term queer, they're almost using it as just to imply that the person has a variation in their gender identity or something like that. It is not an affectionate term, but it's just to be a definitive term. But uh, you say it with hate in your voice that you you have something against the queers of the world, and I think that's the big difference. People pick up on that, so no, we, we can perceive that. We'll give you a quick last word, Joseph. Go right ahead. and then we'll Oh, you right. have me cut
7: off. Mark, are you a mind reader? Uh, you can say I have hate. No, I do not have hate.
1: Oh, no, I was quoting somebody. I'm sorry. I, I
8: should have said I was,
7: that. I was, excuse me. I was in a church in Lewisburg, I won't mention it, years ago. And uh, anyway, I spoke out about these things. And the one person said in church, they said, "Well, we have uh, gay people in this, this uh, Sunday school class. And what would you do if one come in here? They weren't there that day." I said, "Sit right down here beside me, and I'm going to open up the Bible and I will explain to them and show them out of the Bible where their lifestyle will not get them into the kingdom. They will not be admitted into the kingdom if they continue that lifestyle. All right. If they're asleep, we got they, they will not continue." It get in the kingdom if it continues that lifestyle
1: or a murder. All right, we got you. Thank just, you so uh, much, sir. Thank another you. Another sin,
7: just like any other, okay. but you, you can't condone one.
3: Thank and, you, sir. Okay, thank you. Actually, um, thank you. the Q stands for both, according to a definition I found oh, okay. online. It stands for both queer and questioning. Well, so and it I think serves uh, a dual
1: purpose. Our texture kind of encapsulates what I might be thinking, and that's that queer is used as a definition and not an affectionate term, but just to be sort of a, a, a describe term of somebody whose gender is not necessarily what what it appears, or their sexual interest is not what it appears. It's like somebody who's a little bit odd, but obviously Stan uses it as in a derogatory fashion, and as our listener says, and not my opinion, our listener says he uses it in a hateful fashion, so folks will have to decide if they hear the same thing. Alright, Stan, you are next up. We are sharing the love here on the show. You're on the mark.
9: Oh, I, I love everybody, but I, I do have a question. Here we go. So go. So the, so the Cambridge Dictionary, now is that part of the Cambridge University out of England? Is that what we're, I'm just asking, because I don't know for sure.
3: I think it probably is.
9: Okay, all right. Well, then they're supposed to be a bunch of smart people, right?
3: Well, they should be, yeah, I would hope. Okay, well, okay. It's certainly very <laughs> right. contemporary. Now,
9: what was their definition? It was an adult person? Is that how
1: they put it? We'll uh, yep. Can you read it again? Yep-er. It says, the update now defines a man as an adult who lives and identifies as a male, though they may have been said to have a different birth, a different sex at birth. I'll read it without messing it up. The update now man uh, defines man as an adult who lives and identifies as male, though they may have been said to have been a different sex at birth. So I guess it okay. re- relies on you to say what you were even though as Joe points out how would you know with somebody that's transitioned I mean you don't you don't always know
9: oh you're right you know, don't always because some um, but whatever I, I ain't going there but my question they're saying adults so what's that make all the kids that they're transitioning
1: who's transitioning kids
9: oh well, it's happening they're having the top surgery bottom surgery giving them the hormone treatments the puberty blockers under 18 it's happening across this country so what does that make them
1: well, I think the, what you're talking about is, is young people that are getting treatments that relate to this, but they're no—they're not like getting kidnapped in transition. The children are a part of this conversation. It's probably part of some counseling and some pretty comprehensive work that is underway. That's, so that's, that's
9: not where I'm going, Mark. Okay. That's not where I'm going. Okay, sorry. All right. My question is their definition is an adult. What about the kids? How are they defined? Are they still boys and girls? Because they're kids? Because the definition is an adult. We're right. going by definition, so we want to be accurate, That's
3: right. He's got a point. Okay. So how would you define them? How would Oxford define them? A child that has a transitioned. A child that transitioned. But has a child actually transitioned?
9: Yes, there has.
3: No, but I'm saying before puberty, have they transitioned?
9: How can before they, give they them the puberty blockers so they may never have puberty
3: before you get there though I would think you would you, you probably couldn't know what you were until you at least hit that stage. Oh, and it, in my oh I see.
1: It has uh, an adult who lives. Yeah, well, for a child who knows,
3: maybe. That's uh, the key point,
9: Joe. Huh?
1: They don't know what they are. Right. And maybe. It, maybe that is. Uh, maybe that would be under the definition of boy. You know, if you're talking about what, what the, uh, okay, definite, so gonna man. the definition, not man. No, no, I'm that. just saying. Uh, no, I'm just saying. Maybe that is. I don't know.
9: You know, as I've said in the past, this is insanity. Okay. Now, as I've said, adults can do what they want. All right, but we're changing the meaning of words now. To what end?
3: But but we already have a word. The word is a transgender person. So that's somebody who who wants to identify as another another sex. But I don't think that makes them that sex. That's my position. To change the dictionary definition that says a person who transitions to another sex is actually that sex Boy. is impossible. Right?
9: You're right. Boy. In a hundred years, when that when the when the bones <laughs> of that person that supposedly transitioned to whatever are dug up and DNA DNA is done. What will they be determined to be? Either a man or a woman. Well, still, if they live as not that, what they thought they transitioned to, but what they are.
1: Gotcha.
3: If they live as that, I would have no problem with it. If they look like that, that's what they are. If they want me to call them that name, I'll call them that name. It's no skin off my nose. If you want me to call you Frida instead of Stan, <laughs> I'll be happy to call you Frida.
9: <laughs> well, and 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 Joe, and as an adult, I don't have a problem with them doing it. To adults doing what they want to do. Okay, you're right. back on the. Kids. I may not like it. I don't. I don't. Gotcha. Care, it's their adult. All right. But okay. when they start doing it to the kids is when I had the problem. Fair All right. enough. Thank you, Dan.
1: sir. Thanks for calling in. Much All appreciated. Right. All right, we'll take a quickie break. We got other callers ready to go. one eight hundred seven 795 You're welcome to join the queue. You can email us as one individual has done. That's email on the mark at Double You can text us at 70236. Always include the keyword OTM. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, 1-800-795-9565. Van, thank you for your patience. Much appreciated. You are now on the mark.
10: Morning. Morning. The question for me is, what's this doing to society? I mean, we've had teachers told in schools to not refer to their students as boys or girls, but refer to them like, call them campers. You can even call them purple penguins but don't refer to them as boys and girls. And it's all part of the brainwashing to get these kids to believe a certain thing. And that's why we're seeing a big boom in the, the transgender people, say they identify as, as the opposite sex, because they're allowed to believe this stuff and being, instead of being told that it's, it's a mental issue. I mean, I saw a guy several years ago, he was in his 50s, and he identified as a 10-year-old girl. And there's actually, I think he's from Canada, if I'm not mistaken, but there's an actual couple that allow him to be in their home to play with their young daughter. Now, isn't that a bizarre? I'm not a little bizarre. That's a lot bizarre.
3: Well, it's concerning. I, you know. That kind of behavior would certainly lead you to question uh, the intelligence of the parents, if nothing
1: else. Well, I don't think we're brainwashing kids to be transgender. I I think when parents teach kids what they know and schools teach kids what they know, it's not brainwashing. You could say the same thing about the things we learned in school. Our schools brainwashed us into thinking that there's only one way to think about gender or there's only one way to think about other people or people of other races or things. It's not brainwashing. It's just education and information that helps you navigate the world.
10: But I think what Van's point is... We actually learned things when we went to school like math and science and English. But what we're seeing now is like this push for drag queen story time in in the public schools. It started out in the libraries, now it's getting into the public schools. And if you know it or not, and all this stuff you can find on the internet, there was one of the guys who was dressed up in his drag queen outfit and he was around these children and later on it was found out that he was a, a sex offender. He was an actual pedophile. So you have this guy using that as a means of getting in contact with children. Just like you have men that identify as women, so they can use public restrooms, locker facilities, and so on. And we're seeing the decimation of, of women's athletics in this country by men identifying as women who men that if they were had to compete with the men that the they did on a collegiate level, can't can't compete at all, but yet when they say they identify as a woman then they go and they they take first place and they're destroying the women athletics. But I, I think it's more of a moral issue than anything else.
1: Well, we definitely need some accommodations in terms of the restrooms and locker rooms. If, if you feel as though the preponderance of individuals that are transgender are doing that, we can certainly have people change privately. That would easily solve that. Lawrence's worthless new high school league idea to separate uh, individuals
3: that want to compete as how women that, who were born in, that way. Is, how does that enrich us? How does making all these accommodations, so we have boys for well, sports, it's a girls, way sports, sport, to be Transgender sports to everybody. Look, some things in life are absolutes, and some things aren't. Gotcha. Absolutes are you're born one sex or the other, or— And you have to stay that way. You cannot transition. Well, if you transition, it doesn't change the basic fact of what you were born as. You can call yourself the other thing. You can be the other thing. You can live as the other thing, but you can't transform into the other thing completely. Can you? No, I'm not saying that people I mean DNA is always going to say you're a right? man that or a woman. Right. That does that DNA
1: doesn't have anything to do with behavior or your mindset or no, your I'm psyche. No, I'm not saying it does. Psychology. I'm not saying it
3: does. I'm saying though that there are absolutes and the absolute is that there's a man and a woman. <laughs> Poor Van, his call has I'm been sorry, about 90% ahead.
1: us <laughs> and 10% <laughs> him.
10: God. Uh, you sir. know, this this thing, you know, it's to me it's it's totally ridiculous. I think these people need to have some psychological help. But now we're seeing things the people that are calling themselves furries, are you aware of this? They identify as cat. Yeah, that's why I
3: said about crawling around on the floor, um, purring and drinking a saucer full of milk. That doesn't make <laughs> me a
10: cat, does it? I know. I know a guy that works at Target, and he said that a guy got checked out, and he had these cat ears on, had a cat tail on. And he said, thank you for shopping at Target. And the guy looked at him and goes,
11: meow. <laughs> <laughs> well,
10: that's, literally that's,
1: that's mean, Merry Christmas in cat talk. I think he took
3: a lot of, lot of courage to go into Target considering their logo features a dog. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. All right, but Ben, I, we'll give you the last word. Please go right I, ahead.
10: I just think this world is getting crazier and crazier. I mean, if, if you'd have told me this stuff forty years ago, I would have laughed in your face that we would see stuff like this happen. And sadly it's a sign of the time yeah. you know and it's only gonna get worse and people are gonna be told you gotta put up with this stuff, you can't criticize it. see free speech is over and Mark, you know, you won't like to hear this, but you do demonize Joseph and, you know, granted, sometimes he comes off kind of bad, but you, by demonizing people, you're just showing your weakness on your end of the argument, so...
1: I'm just holding up the mirror to to reflect the hate. That's all. <laughs> all
10: <laughs> you right. Get to look to care yourself.
1: Thank you. Ben. Yeah, nice, I'm man. I'm in the mirror. I can certainly see myself. Thank you, but thank you. Appreciate sound, your call. Sound well, information and sound care. advice, much appreciated. All right. Uh, do we? Oh yeah. Bob is next. Go ahead, sir. Thanks for being so. Pa- no, nope. well, I thought Trish I, 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 was I next. I think I took the wrong person yes, first. Trish is next. Bob. Bob is next. Hold on, Trish. You Trish are was next.
3: next. Wasn't she? No, Bob is
1: next. Yeah.
8: Hey. Being in a same-sex marriage, we both identify ourselves as males, whether that makes people happy or not. that's what we, we don't say we're something we're not. But uh, if that's up to the person. If they choose to identify themselves as a different sex, that's their choice. And as far as Target goes, Target is known as a welcome shopping center for gay and queer people.
1: Oh, wow. Whether yeah. you know
8: that or not, they are. And Chick-fil-A are totally against gays. So I have never eaten at a Chick-fil-A, and I never will.
4: Okay.
3: Now, what do they do that demonstrates their anti-gay proclivities? Do they have a sign there say, Gay's not welcome or don't no, eat it's our from chicken? from the
1: management. It's from the...
3: Oh, so it's a personal true, opinion of someone. It's, it's not the restaurant's philosophy. It's the whole Kathy family.
8: So, and as far as Joseph, everything he talks about the Bible, as far as I'm concerned, as long as you follow those Ten Commandments, you will be welcome into heaven. I can sin all my life, and the day I die, as long as I ask for forgiveness, I will be accepted into heaven, according to... To the Bible, correct?
1: Mm, I, I don't know. <laughs> Paul's pretty grim
3: about uh, once you know the word, you're supposed to comply. Right. right. So. Well, he said he's complying with the Ten Commandments. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's in his. But favor. then he said he could sin all you want. Did you mean break the Ten Commandments, Bob?
8: No, I'm talking about being married to a male.
3: Okay. Well, I think Martin Luther said sin boldly and rely
1: on the forgiveness of the Lord, but he meant (laughs) to stop sinning now. And, you know,
8: I went out yesterday and I had a lot of fun. I bought gift cards and I went to the stores that I go to and the banks I go to and I bought them all lunch and gave them gift cards and stuff like that. And not one of them asked me if I'm gay or cared if I was gay because they know I am because when I went to the bank, we did a joint account. And we got our mortgage together. Everybody knows it and nobody ever treated us unfairly. There you go. Not because they have to, but because they are very nice people. All right.
3: I think you've hit it right on the head. You know, it depends on how we how we treat other people. Don't ask me to agree with everything you do and I won't ask you to agree with everything I do or think. But you know, we can have respect for one another and we can treat each other decently, and I don't see anything wrong with that, do you?
8: No, and I went to the Bible Depot yesterday Believe it or not, I went to the Bible Depot in Sunbury. I was looking for gift cards But uh, there's this old lady, I was leaving (laughs) There's an old lady walking up to the door And I said, hey, come here and she looks at me, and she's like, what are you up to? And I gave her an envelope with some money in it. I said, here, Merry Christmas.
3: There you go. Good for you.
8: Well, if you're giving so, away money, yeah. let
3: us let us give you our address.
1: Uh, yeah, what, 1227? <laughs> no, anyway. All right, thank Thanks, you so Bob. much, Bob. Thanks for calling in. All right, yes. Trish is going to be the last caller before the quickie break. Go ahead, uh, Trish, you're on the mark.
4: Good morning, guys. <laughs> this is a very interesting show today, and we have lots of laughs and lots of seriousness. However, I have a couple of questions. Is there a source of absolute truth?
3: Well, that depends on what truth you're looking for. You know, there's certain I mean, scientific truth. truth that never truths.
4: changes, truth that has been truth since the beginning of time. Is there a source for that?
1: Well, people say That's God the a beginning of for time. Absolute truth. It would be one way to, to look at it.
4: As as I see it, there is a source of absolute truth, and that is the Bible or the Scriptures, the Holy Scriptures.
1: But aren't they interpreted by people and written down by people?
4: That's where you get into the gray area. They are of no private interpretation. Okay. If it says thou shalt not, then thou shalt not. If it says thou shalt, then thou shalt. <laughs> and, and if it says marriage is for a man and a woman, that's what it is, and you don't change a man and a woman. That's where we're losing it, because we have not made it clear over the years. We always left it up to debate, always up to debate, and somebody was always debating the truth. But the Oxford Once you debate the truth, you have nothing but confusion and lie.
3: But the Oxford Dictionary just changed all that. They said that to be a male, all you have to do, or man, is to identify as a man.
4: Well, good for the Oxford <laughs> Dictionary, but that's not absolute truth either.
1: Uh, they don't work in Danville. There's no Oxford Dictionaries in Danville.
4: <laughs> right, right. So I mean, my, my, my heartfelt uh, thought here is I hear a lot about, you know, well, I'm gay and and i keep the ten commandments and i'm going to heaven well the ten commandments to me as i read them show to us very clearly what sinners we are there is none of us not one who can keep the ten commandments have you kept all the ten commandments have i kept all the ten commandments not on your life there is none of us that can do that so that exposes our very sinful nature once that's exposed we need to declare, or we need to recognize that we are sinners and need a Savior. And that's exactly what we're celebrating this time of year. We're celebrating the birth of our Savior.
3: Maybe going forward we should change their name to the Ten Suggestions.
4: Well, people have tried that. People have tried that. But that's altering the Word of God, and you can't do that. Yeah, good That's the absolute truth. Okay. So, right. so my thought before I go is... I would hope that everybody realizes that God loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us and that we find him and repent of our sins and, and know, we can know. First John says we can know that we're going to heaven. There's no debate about it. We can know. That does not mean we never sin again because we certainly will. But First John 1 John 1.9 also says we can confess that sin and, and make it right. So um, that's my thoughts, okay. and I love your program, and I love all the people that call in. I love the discussion, but some of it is just so bizarre, <laughs> Just so bizarre. <laughs>
1: you know, but Joseph and Van, we love them to death. So we just think they're great. Well, may, she may be referring to Dale and his Oh, pigeons. I got gotcha. you. Okay, thank you, Trish. Thanks <laughs> thank for calling in. I, all right, have, I, have I a
4: merry
3: Christmas. It. You too.
1: You. I think she might be referring to me sometimes. All right, Dale, or no, Judy, stand
6: by. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service
1: I don't stop Joseph from doing it, and uh, I did read a definition that somebody texted us saying that they think he's using the word in a hateful manner.
3: That's not my opinion, and I didn't say it. Well, I mean, there's always the question of how you say something. Say, so-and-so is queer. That's a statement. Mm-hmm. So-and-so's a queer. That's a little bit different. <laughs> right, and I think that's what our audience <laughs> reads into what Joseph is saying. But I think,
1: yeah, um, you found a definition that queer and questioning were kind of the same in right, the Right, in the LGBTQ, it okay. stands for both. All right. Judy, you are quite patient for that. We are grateful. Thank you so much for calling at all. You are on the mark.
11: <laughs> Good morning. Yes, I um, try to evaluate all sides of things before I form an opinion. And this transgender gender issue, I think that um, I truly respect how they feel, what they feel, what they think they are, all of it, but I do not think that they should expect society to have the burden of accommodating them. Absolutely not. This is far fetched, but if, supposing I say I'm antisocial. Well, I find it extremely offensive walking down the street and having people say hello to me. <laughs> Does that mean you should stop saying hello to anyone? This is what, like I said, it's far-fetched, but isn't it a little bit like the Transgender issue? We are to accommodate them in every way. No, I don't think we are. What's an I They have my respect. I give them that respect of having whatever feelings they choose. But society should not have to accommodate them. Yeah, I no'
3: I was going nowhere. I was was going to go, what would you consider an accommodation that is unfairly requested by folks of that persuasion?
11: All of the bathrooms being changed. Um, um, People uh, referring to what they refer to them in school. They shouldn't they should not be given special privileges because they are transgender that they can be whatever they want to but should they get special recognition do you get special recognition in school because you're a bully that's well, wrong, but when people look, look at it be as being probably. wrong, but maybe they don't consider they're wrong. Well, there was
3: a story in the news not too long ago, and I think a teacher was either fired or disciplined in some way because he consistently refused to use the personal pronouns and the girl's name. It was a transition boy to a girl or girl to a boy, I don't remember which. But he refused exactly. to use their new name, and the f- he was either fired or disciplined. Mm-hmm.
11: Exactly, and I do not feel that this is right. This is not right. Do we? How can we? How can we accommodate every little feeling with every little individual in our society?
1: But that's what we've we, always we, done. We have always been respectful of everything about everybody. Being oh, yeah, respectful, like no, yes. need
3: a, no Accommodating, no. How about when the Irish respectful, were, yes. uh, were uh, discriminated against? No Irish need applied. No Jews allowed in this country club. Yeah, we've always been really respectful of other people's exactly in that way.
1: Well, I think. <laughs> It's obvious that we've identified the mistakes that we've made and we've tried to improve them. So I think we we're we're can't getting go overboard. We
3: can't go overboard in I mean, your view.
11: Well, no, exactly. I'm sorry. We do not have to totally accommodate, which is what it seems to be going to with the transgenders.
3: We have to carve out certain people to whom we are not going to be respectful. That's it's not a matter of respect.
1: It's a
11: matter of, <laughs> yeah, right. a matter of,
3: of having to buy into everything someone else believes. Right. Can you and I be friends without me buying every one of your beliefs? Yes, we can be. So exactly. Mike, if you were crawling around on the floor sipping milk out of a saucer, would I be required to pet you in the head and say, "Nice kitty"? Mm-hmm. Judy, we have uh, accommodated people with a handicap.
1: Are these people too that we should not pay for having to accommodate them? So you're saying that transgender people are handicapped? No, I'm drawing an illustration well, that somebody else who well, requires Well,
11: yeah, because an that's like apples and oranges, Mark. Oh, It's apples it? okay. and oranges. No,
1: I think it's the yeah, same. I agree with Discriminations, yeah. discrimination. I agree with respect you. Respect is respect.
3: Hey, thanks for calling, Judy. Appreciate your call.
11: Okay. So call again. Thank you.
1: Yeah, much appreciated. Perfect call. Thank you so much everybody who listened
3: today. We'll pick this up where we left off tomorrow. President Biden's concerned about his age. Yes, he asked, don't you think I know how blanking old I am? <laughs> Ageism. We'll discuss that tomorrow. This is okay, Sunday.